0: Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. At the parish house where I live, which is just down off the hill here, there are uh, two sets of rose plants in the front yard. Uh, One is a bush and one is a shrub. Like I didn't even know what that meant actually when I learned, but I had asked Father Dave, what are these two different sets of rose thingies, these plants? And he explained that the, the bush actually was engineered so that it would be put in next to highways due to its resilience. I'm like, how could anyone know that? That's amazing, right? The shrub, which is more akin to the rose plant than I'm typically used to, and you might be as well, they require a little more intention. They're a little taller. They don't spread out. They're not wild in their growth. You do need to... Uh, do things like protect them from aphids and other things, but they 're all prickly when you handle them, right? I mean, if you tried to cut, you know, trim a rose bush, whether it 's wild or not, uh, you've probably had a few moments where you had to you know lick your fingers because you poked yourself and you're bleeding. Both are beautiful, yet they have different fruit. The wild ones have the fruit of the flower, but they're small and they're in bunches, and the fruit of the rose or the flower itself. For the bush is, or the, yeah, the, the uh, yeah, for the shrub, see, I don't even know the difference, right? So the shrub is a little larger, and if you cut, then they'll produce more. Anyhow, why do I even offer this image? It's because I'm not a vineyard. I don't own a vineyard. I don't have any grapes, and there's no grapevines in my house. So this is the best I can do for you today. Uh, do you have a grapevine in your house? A vineyard in your backyard, anybody? Oh, good, so then I'm not alone. Okay, phew, okay, good. Well, anyhow, the fruit of these plants, of course, are flowers. The fruit of a vineyard is grapes. This is the analogy then is being given to us by the scriptures, that a vineyard is the house of Israel, and it was then given to the new church, you might say, that Jesus would plant, which is us. We, then, are that church, his vineyard. So as members of that church, we can celebrate amazing gifts that God has given us, like the sacraments, like the scriptures, like the unbroken apostolic succession, our concern for life, peace, and justice, just for starters. Among all these fruits, we have been given probably the greatest, and it is the Eucharist, the Eucharist. Well, in 2019, a study was published by the Pew Research Center stating that only one-third of Catholics believed in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Whoa, that's bad. I mean, there's good and there's bad. That's bad. But I've always struggled with that statistic, finding that it's never really lined up with my personal observation of being in church work. And being a former mathematician and computer science guy, I'm like, you this is part of the soft sciences, and a lot of the soft sciences have error deeply built into them, and a lot of them are flawed. a vast majority of the soft sciences when they do statistics are flawed, as opposed to the hard sciences. Hard sciences would be like medicine and physics, soft sciences would be like education, sociology, psychology. And religion falls into that plate when it comes to statistics. So for, since 2019, I've been kind of grimacing because a lot of things, you know, people talk about this and I'm like, I don't even believe that statistic. Well, fortunately this past week, the Center for Applied Research in the Apostolate, also known as CARA, so I'll be speaking about CARA, this group, did a, did their own study recently and it came out last week. And that report differed significantly from the Pew study. I recommend that you read the whole report. But I'm just going to summarize a few pieces of the data that they were able to determine, some of the information. The Carr report shared that not one third of Catholics believe in, the, in the, what the church teaches, but actually two thirds believe in the real presence. That's double the ratio, which means that's a statistically significant difference between one and the other. One was really way off. The Carr report shared that the Pew study, even commenting about the Pew study, had issues in the way it asked questions regarding the true presence. Here's the example they gave, something of this nature, I don't have it written down here, but they'd ask, when you go to Mass and you receive communion, is that the body and blood of Jesus? Or is it a symbol of Jesus? Or is it none of those? Those are three options. And you had to choose between one of them. Now if you're scratching your head like, how do I answer that question? That's the problem. because All sacraments are signs, symbols, pointing to themselves, and they do what they symbolize. In other words, baptism has water. The symbol of water is washing, and it does wash. Eucharist bread is a sign of of a meal, of being fed. And it does actually feed us with whom? Jesus, who is really present there. So it's a sign and a reality. And that gets lost in the Pew study. But thank God for the Cara study. Here's what they said, by the way. And one-third versus two-thirds are about all Catholics. Now, I ask you, think about this. If you ask somebody who doesn't go to church ever what they believe, do you think you're going to get a different answer than if you ask somebody who does go to church? I mean, common sense would say yes. Well, if you said yes in your mind or even out loud, ding, 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 you win. Hear this. Among, this is the Cara study. Among all respondents stating a belief in the Real Presence, 95% of weekly Mass attenders believe in the Real Presence. Congratulations, you are here. 95% of us, right? That means we're doing a great job, and thank God for that. 80% of those who attend less than weekly, but at least once a month, believe as well. So even if you're going once a month, which I wouldn't call regular, I'd call that kind of semi-regular, Uh, I mean, you might be regularly going once a month, but what's the standard, right? The Sabbath, keep the Sabbath holy. That's every week, right? But even if it's once a month, it's 80%. That's astounding. That's a little different than one-third, isn't it? Right? Right. So, what do we draw from this? Clearly, there is a correlation between how much one goes to Mass and how much one believes in the greatest fruit of the Mass, the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. In other words, there is an overwhelming number of practicing Catholics who are knowingly receiving the gift of their faith and know the truth about our vineyard owner. And this bears out witness here in all the churches I've been, as people have approached for communion. People sometimes are in tears. They come forward, they bow. It's a holy moment. We don't get that holy about just symbols because we know it's not just a symbol. It is a symbol and it is Jesus. That's both and, folks. So this is something we should rejoice about, not be scandalized about. There is much more that can be shared in Kara, but again, read it yourself. So as the U.S. Church here, the Catholic Church in the United States, journeys through its Eucharistic revival, we may need to turn our attention away from trying to teach everybody in the pews about this faith, because we already know, To, who doesn't know? People are not going to church, right? That is the harder knot to tie. Our friends who are Catholics who are not going or have stopped going, those are the groups that we need to really start thinking about. So remember our mission here at Holy Trinity, we're to know, grow, and go. So go. So go out. Be part of our mission. This is what the church needs, is to go out to the people we'll call the low-hanging fruit who are already Catholic, and you can actually start a dialogue with them. So I want you to go, but not now, wait till Mass is over, okay? Don't do it now. (laughs) But go out into your neighborhoods. Maybe you have neighbors who are Catholics, but they don't go to church. Or at work, or at social gatherings, streets, or whatever. And share your experience of church, of going to the Eucharist. Your own personal experience that gives you joy, And if you've had a a moving experience specifically about the Eucharist, share that. No one can deny what you personally have experienced. But this is hard because we're kind of scared because we may be like, well, I don't know how to share this stuff, or I'm not necessarily the most holy person. Well, welcome to the club. This is a hospital of sinners, not a museum of saints. But let's then take a look at what St. Paul tells us. He says this, and this is great. So whenever you are out, think of these things. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. So now imagine you're going into a situation where there's people at work or whatever. You're thinking, I want to be honorable, I want to be true. This is the deal. But know that, yes, they may be prickly like rose bushes on occasion. But see, if you recognize the beauty in them, if you honor them as the beloved of God, even if you have some disagreements, even if you, when you speak justly and truthfully, and you do so in grace, and you give praise to God with your lips out loud for people to hear, then you may be very well the one person who inspires another Catholic who's been away to finally return. Joy is the most affectionate and effective way to spread this good news, the good news about the vineyard of the Lord, where He feeds us with the very fruit of His true presence, and that is the Eucharist. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h Org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.